Steelers fans know that Deontay Johnson didn't score a single touchdown uh, in 2022, but Mike Tomlin addressed this issue and, talk, and talked about why that might be and how the Steelers can plan to change that in 2023, as well as wide receiver draft plans, as Omar Khan spoke on Wednesday. We're going to bring a lot down here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Joining us is Mark Caboli of The Athletic. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting platform. And you can also watch this show on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Hit the subscribe button on our YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes as well as our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day because we're your team every day. And joining us is a man who's been with the Steelers every single day, seems like for the past like 30 years, Mark Caboli, back on the scene from The Athletic. Mark, how you doing? Good, good. Chris, I see you got that fresh cut. Looking sir. sharp. Looking sharp. Sir. Had to get my fade right. You know, it didn't, yeah. I, mean, I had to get I had to get my last haircut when I was in Dayton covering March Madness. Didn't go as well as I was. I had to go, go back to get my man Mitch back here. Yeah, yeah, they, they, right. don't, they don't have much barbers in Dayton, you're telling no, me? No, not, not the same. Uh-huh. But, uh, Mark, I wanted to dive in on something that you wrote for The Athletic um, on Tuesday or on one on Monday, excuse me, when Mike Tomlin was talking about Deontay Johnson and he wasn't making any excuses for the Steelers' lack of scoring with Deontay Johnson, but he did talk about some of the factors that played into it and how they were playing in the offense they were calling. Did you get a sense that from the way that he was talking about that, that things are going to be changing with the offense to be more conducive for a playmaker like Deontay Johnson and the passing game to break open a bit more? Yeah, I think we're all smart enough to realize the offense wasn't on the level it needed to be last year. You know, regardless of if you're going to blame it on Canada, you're going to blame it on a rookie quarterback or an offensive line was getting to know each other. I mean, we all know that there was a limited uh, ability for Pickett to be able to make plays. And, you know, as well as I do, Deontay Johnson's pretty good at a couple of things. The catch and run, but you better – hit him on stride so he doesn't break stride. That's all catch and run guys. And he's pretty good at getting off the line of scrimmage and beating a guy off man coverage. And if you're not throwing the ball deep and you're not on time and you can't check at the line to the best matchup, it tends to hinder a guy. But who still had, you know, 85 catches, I believe. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just he gets in against the Jets. He gets in against Cleveland. All of a sudden we're not saying, well, Deontay Johnson – didn't have any touchdowns. He had a terrible season. Let's trade him. I think he's a big part of this future of this team. He has to have a good year this year. He has to be, you know, he might have to change his game a little bit and I, I, not worrying about the quick throws a little bit. I like to see him run more routes down the field a little bit mm-hmm. more. But I, I, you could tell Tomlin's over it too. After about the third question, he goes, man, that was like a year ago. I'm over it. I'm done with this. And that's probably what he wants Deontay to probably think too you know who cares about last year you had no touchdowns who cares so let's move forward here and it, it was just a bad situation from the holdout or the hold in to the contract getting a ton of money the expectations um working with mitch for a month and a half now he's down in florida working with kenny pickett all the time 
Uh, the offense should be better. Kenny should have the offense open up to him more. So uh, I would ex- expect to have a lot better season from Deontay. It's just in terms of, you know, putting points on the board. They they have 12 touchdown passes last year. I think so. so. Something like, like that. Pickens had four, and it's not like anybody caught touchdown passes. So, I mean, zero is bad, but, I mean, when your league team leader has four, it's not much better. The uh, Let's see here. Going over the numbers, Kenny Pickett threw seven touchdowns, Mitch Trubisky threw four, and Chase Claypool threw one. So, yeah, that's 12 touchdown passes. I forgot about the Claypool one. (laughs) But point being, I'm I'm right with you here because there's a lot of Steelers fans who are very down on Deontay Johnson because he wasn't the playmaker. But not just this year, but think back to how he came into this team. 2019, he was supposed to be, you know, the the, he's going to be the rookie X-Factor guy that was going to open things up now that Antonio Brown was gone, and then Ben Roethlisberger's hurt. And then Ben Roethlisberger comes back in 2020. They have some clicks like they had. He had some really impressive plays that year, but you know it still wasn't prime Ben Roethlisberger. And then of course, 2021, most limited version of Ben Roethlisberger. And then 2022, he has a rookie quarterback. So Deontay Johnson and the Steelers were drafting him, thought they were going to have at least two, maybe three more years of Ben Roethlisberger playing like he did in 2017, 2018. You know, throwing the ball more, getting the ball downfield, and then he didn't get a chance to have that. And now. You know, there's this talk about, you know, let him go, trade him away. I'm with you, though. The guy still gets great separation. Is he elite? No, not right now. But I think that if he's allowed to kind of mature with a quarterback that's that's younger and coming up and and getting better, that'll give him a chance to, to kind of find chemistry with someone, which it was really tough for him to find chemistry with any of the Steelers quarterbacks that he played with. I mean, again, Ben Roethlisberger, yeah, he, had, he had two years, but you, you covered Ben Roethlisberger his entire career. Those were, That's not the Ben Roethlisberger that everyone came to know over his time with the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he's put in a bad situation, and I don't think it helps that he got paid $18 million in the fans' eyes. They think that he should be producing, like, you know, the top receivers in the league. Yeah. yeah. And one thing about Deontay is this. There's very few people work harder than that guy. You come, you hear the complaints about you know him dropping the ball. You never see a guy work more on his hands than I've ever seen with tennis balls, this, that, or another. He's the last one off the field. It's not like he's not trying. He's putting the work in. It's just uh, it just hasn't come fully together yet. And you need you need him to to be able to you know be a partner with the George Pickens. I mean, you, you can't have one without the other. It'd be nice to see more Fryermuth uh, getting in the middle of the field. And if they add anybody else, if Calvin Austin turns into what they want him to turn into, that opens up a whole different ball game as well. But at this point right now, we sit here and we just don't know. I mean, I, like I said, I, it's crazy to think that Deontay Johnson should be traded got rid of cut whatever i think he's a top receiver he's a top 20 receiver that you know could have found the end zone four times really because he did have two two two-point conversions so it was just a bad offensive year what they averaged 14 points a game two touchdowns a game something ridiculous like that nobody's scoring for him so how do you expect to single out this one guy and think that he's going to score for him and and one thing i'll point out you're absolutely right it's nothing new that Deontay Johnson d- did make it a point to show up early, stay late in the work. And yeah, they averaged 18.1 points per game. Uh, I believe that was 32nd, 31st, 30th, 29th, 28th, 27th, 26th, as far as the rating of, of points per game there. But 
Um, but again, the, you know, the, the, they were a different offense. And Mike Tomlin talked about how they want to be different this year. One thing that can be different is how they throw the ball and how they use their weapons. I want to talk to you in a second here about what they might do in the NFL draft to add to their weapons because we've done a lot of talk about cornerbacks, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, all these other positions. But Kenny Pickett, would it make sense to add to his to his receiver group to give him another target to throw to? We'll talk about that in a second here with Mark Caboli. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our great sponsors at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And as the tournament, the NCAA tournament has hit the final four, there's no better place to, to place your bets on that or NBA than America's number one sports book, FanDuel. And that right now, FanDuel is giving new customers the no sweat first bet, which gives you up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win when you sign up for FanDuel. And you can do you can sign up for that by going to FanDuel.com slash locked on. And you sign up today, claim your no sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. All in all, an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no sweat first bet up to $1,000 back in bonus bets when you join. FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, Chris Carter here with Mark Caboli of The Athletic. Mark, um, the Steelers, like, like I was saying before, the Steelers have a lot of different needs, but Wide receiver has been something they haven't been afraid to add to. What is the sense that you get of the Steelers going for a wide receiver in this draft? Do they go for just an overall best playmaker they can find that wide receiver, a specific type of wide receiver? And if they did, where in the draft do you think they make that move? I don't think 17 is a possibility. Okay. I mean, I just don't think the value's there with – I mean, if you want Addison, I don't think he's there. Uh, Flowers from Boston College – I think that's a later. I think you can, if they end up falling to 32, which is iffy, uh, that's where you snag those guys. And Steelers have the history of second-day wide receivers, and, and it's a deep class. So I would address that more in the second day, that 32 pick or that, what is that, 49? 49, 49, 49 and 32, yep. I would address it there. I, I don't know if you specifically go after a slot receiver. Uh, Omar Khan said Tuesday that, they're in the market for an upgrade at the position because it's not that's not more of an upgrade is the guys they have at that position right now are just unknown. You don't know what Austin can do. He could be good. Right. He might not be. Uh, Gunnar Olszewski, if it's the training camp, Gunnar Olszewski, sign me up. If it's the regular <laughs> season, Gunnar Olszewski, no thanks. Uh, Cody, Cody White, if he's the practice squad guy, he, he always looks good to me in a practice squad. Okay, if they bring in Miles Boykin or or somebody like that, uh, but Omar said something interesting that they, they need to, when they look at the slot receiver, they have to find somebody that fits their style of mm. what they're looking for. Now he didn't expand of what type of slot receiver are they looking for? Are they looking for the speedy jet sweep guy like Calvin Austin, or some of the bigger guys like you know Juju of a couple of years ago? But I think it's quite obvious they have to address that position. Because, you know, you're looking at Deontay is in what? Next year will be his last year. Um, George Pickens, of course, is great. And he has three years left on his contract. So you have to keep adding to that room. I just don't think it's going to be the first round. I mean, it's the one year that the receivers are just not jumping off at you. 
probably in the last what eight to ten years, you used to get six, seven receivers. Now it's it's just not there anymore. But they'll definitely add to it. I think they'll look somewhere else in the first round, uh, depending on how that draft, you know, how the board breaks. That's huge. That's going to be. I mean, more than anything else, I think they'll make the right pick. Mm-hmm. But how they, how the board uh, how it comes out, how it breaks is going to determine what they get. Absolutely, and, and I mean that's always the case. You got to watch what teams are doing in front of you. Uh, but another th- thing, I think it's going to be interesting to watch. You know, if <laughs> let's say the top three offensive tackles come off the board, the top three cornerbacks come off the board, <laughs> and me. maybe you're sitting there, you're fine. Maybe you're sitting there and you're saying like, man, like. I don't have a, a 17th overall pick value at offensive tackle in this. How likely do you think it is that they trade back to get more picks, especially day two picks, where some of these wide receivers and some of these other players at other positions could be really solid in their value? I was trying to hammer Omar on this just a little bit ago. And I asked him, what do you value? The guy you want, the guy you like to move up, or would you value those seven picks? And he's like, oh, it depends. Talk to me April 27th. <laughs> it looks Lord. like they're pretty much open to anything. But if I'm reading way in between the lines here, um, unless there's somebody that they really, really value high, maybe a couple picks in front of them, maybe the 14, maybe the 13. Maybe if they get a feeling that the Patriots are going to take Joey Porter and they want him, maybe they'll move up there. But I think they really value these seven picks in a very deep draft, Omar called it. So uh, unless there's a star there, unless there's Parrish Johnson sitting there, right? Unless Mm. there's – I don't even know if they would move up to get Skronsky. I don't know. Uh, If there's one of those tackles there, if there's – Broderick Jones. Yes, I, I, it's, it's the corners. If Gonzalez is there, I'm not quite sure about Witherspoon. I'm not sure if they like him or not. If Porter's there, I think maybe within reasonable they would move up to get him, but they just might make it, you know, come back to him. You always have to. I mean, the perfect situation is if all the guys are gone, you move back to 24, pick up a pick, and get the guy you want, anyways. But, you know, that's fantasy world sometimes. You have to have two to play that uh, that game as well so um it's going to be interesting because we know what kevin and tomlin and art used to like to do now you're throwing new names into the board right white the sheldon whites uh the mark sadowski's omar Khans, and you're thinking okay are they how do they view this so i'm sure a lot of it's going to be the same uh, of, of their overall philosophy so let's put it this way chris last time they moved up didn't quite work out yeah that was Devin Bush they moved up for and looked good for about a year and a half then he got hurt and then now he's about to play for the Seahawks to see if he can resurrect his NFL career I I, I agree on that point I want to get back to something that you said a little bit earlier Mark you <coughs> talk about a, a style getting a receiver that fits their style in this in this draft class what is the style that they should be looking for should they be looking for another burner should they be looking for a separation guy a jump ball guy because it seems like you got a separator in Deontay Johnson you got a guy who was contested back catches in George Pickens and Johnson can also win a couple contested catches the one against the Bengals was a key play that they made this to keep to one of their bigger wins this season you have Calvin Austin who could be who is a burner on you know on tape and in college but we haven't seen him play yet in the NFL 
What is the style that, that, that you think best suits what the Steelers read right now to go along with Kenny Pickett, this, this offensive line that they're still kind of shifting around and making, Pat Frymuth and the skills of this offense? Well, let, let's just break it down here. What did they uh, upgrade? They upgraded their guards, right? Yes. Um, they brought in Gentry at blocking tight end, brought him back, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they Tomlin says, you know what? We'll always be a power smash uh, smash running first team. So it sounds like to me they want to run the ball, right? Right. They want to go back to 1989 or whatever it was, 97, and run <laughs> the ball. And I think the perfect slot receiver is up in New England right now, Juju, one of those big guys in the slot mm. to knock a guy's head off, open up some more space for, for Najee. Uh, so I think that would be a perfect guy, but I don't know if there's too many people like him, you know, in the draft or in the league whatsoever of a guy that's just going to block the heck out of you, knock your head off, can make a play here and there. Maybe a Miles Boykin's a type of guy, but I have never seen him play as much to be able to view him as a guy that's is going to be enjoying the block. I think they need a physical, physical. And do you know who I really like? Who do you like? And this could be it too. I don't know. I'm just throwing straws here. How about Connor Hayward in that position? Oh, he's so you're tw- saying flex he's him a, into. He's a tweener, right? Yeah. He's not that big to be a tight end. He's very, very talented catching the ball. He has great body control. Put him in that spot where, you know, he has a bad matchup. I don't know. Maybe that's an opportunity to get him on the field more as well because he's not an end-of-the-line tight end. I mean, he's just not no, big not. enough, but he's maybe a little bit too big to be a slot receiver. If you could turn Connor Hayward into what Juju Smith was, Juju Smith-Schuster, that would be the ultimate for me. But I, I don't – once again, this is pure, you know, Nintendo football for me, man, or whatever, yeah, Madden say, football, this right? Is a mad, this is a Madden move right here that you're talking <laughs> yeah. about, saying, oh, yeah, just, just, just switch his position, <laughs> make him a little bit taller, and then we can make him the slot wide receiver. He'll be a 99 overall. He, that's a, what is he, a tight end? Year. What was he in college? Tight end, H-back, running back? He was a tight end so, for Michigan State, but he's definitely an H-back in the NFL. Yeah, he played a couple years running back, too, so he yes, has he that did. talent. He didn't really have a lot of stats last year, but he put up – he made big catches in big situations. So if all things fell, I'm not saying that's plan A, but I wouldn't mind to seeing that plan C. I think I think that that would be a fun added on piece. Like like how they used him on the jet sweep the, at the, yeah. towards the end of the year. Yes. I think that was the Raiders game that, where they used him to run the clock out. Um yeah. With, with, with that with that play, those type of things are inventive. And then if you're moving him around in those formations, that would be a, a fun thing to use. He wouldn't necessarily be a slot-wide receiver, quote-unquote, but he would be a utility piece that you could kind of move across, and people would have to be aware, like, that guy can catch the ball. And he is he has very good hands. Like, that's one thing, like, when I covered him, when he, when Michigan State beat Pitt in the Peach Bowl just the, just the year before, and he made one of the most spectacular catches of the bowl season in the end zone to give Michigan State a, a big lead in that game, and that was a that was an impress that was an impressive play. And he's done that quite a few times in his in his college career. Uh, he that, made a couple made a couple plays that, as a Steeler last year. Was that the game Pitt would have won by four touchdowns if Pickett played? Probably <laughs> yes, yes, it would have been. Uh, uh, Narduzzi, don't let don't let Presuda hear you say that, sir. I thought that's what Narduzzi said, didn't he? Oh, yeah, Narduzzi did say that. Uh, But (laughs) point point being, I I think it's there. I would be interested to see if the Steelers Steelers were to get 
another wide receiver this year. I agree with you. I wouldn't go in the first round. Like, like Jackson Smith and Jigba, I, I think it'd be nice to have a guy like that. I just don't think I just don't think he falls to falls to them. And if he does fall to 17, I think that they have other needs that would be more pressing. But I think that there's guys that you could get. I've talked a lot about Jaden Reed, a Michigan State guy himself, who would be, you know, a smaller slot option who can get really good separation, catch some balls in traffic. Um, but then there's other guys out there that I'd be really in, intrigued by Parker Washington of Penn State. Uh, and this may not be a, sl- a slot guy, but Cedric Tillman, a big six foot three, 213 uh, pound guy. Seventeen. Not at 17. No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about like even third round. Like I do, if I'm the Steelers, like I'm comfortable making first and both the second round picks either trenches or playmaker on defense because they need to get younger on defense. They need to get some guys that don't cost you as much over the next few years. And I think that there's some really good pieces at linebacker, cornerback and defensive line who could all be great fits on day two. But if you're looking in that third round, even the fourth round, there could be some interesting wide receiver prospects there where they could, they could hit on. And you know what, if Calvin Austin comes through next year, then maybe that third or fourth round pick just doesn't play as much. They're the fourth option on your team. And you're not, you're not, you know, you don't feel like you're burning a hole in your pocket there because you spent this, this draft pick on a player who's not getting as much playing time, especially in an offense that as Mike Tomlin says, they want to run the ball a lot. So a fourth receiver isn't going to be worth as much this year. But if you were to get a guy like that in those middle rounds and he works out great, if not, he's coming up, he, you have three more years with him, and then you get to see what you want to do another two years. Like you said, 2024 is Deontay Johnson's last official season under contract. And then you can start asking these questions. Who's going to be the guy with Kenny Pickett moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think they're – really going to give Calvin Austin every chance to win this job because not only is he, what, four, two and a half speed, four, three, but he, what was he known for coming out of school? Being tough. Yeah. Not having alligator arms, taking that hit and bouncing He took up. hits. So I, I think it, it, you have to give him the first opportunity there, especially it wasn't him. I mean, he looked good in preseason. I mean, preseason, early in camp. But that doesn't mean quite much. I think they will give him the first opportunity, but you need to add talent at wide receiver. I mean, you, you need to add talent pretty much everywhere. You need to add talent to tackle because guess what? If Chooks go down, who's going in? Right, I agree because now they got LaRaven Clark added exactly, in there. Exactly. Yes. So you you want to be prepared there. I I agree entirely there. I'll also say, uh, you know, before they even put pads on this year, Calvin Austin got clocked by Demonte KZ. If you remember, you remember that hit. It was like right over the middle of the field, and like he got up, he was fine. But it was like a oh okay, I guess we're doing that before the pads even get on. But like you said. He's a tough guy, but he also just said that you have other needs. I want to get to some of those other needs. We have reports now that the Steelers are getting some top 30 draft pre-visits from cornerbacks. We'll talk about those two cornerbacks that are on the list now, and I want to get Mark's thoughts on some of the cornerbacks that they could actually be looking at, where they could actually take one. All that continued here right on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. We'll be right back. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter here with Mark Caboli from The Athletic. Mark, the Steelers, the reports are now in that the Steelers are, are taking top 30 visits from Emmanuel Forbes, slot corner, uh, smaller guy, and Tyreek Stevenson, a bigger corner from Miami. Uh, Emmanuel Forbes, of, of, of course, coming in, coming in here. Um, he would fit more of like the slot option that could be a really good playmaker on the football. I think that would be an interesting 
an interesting option there considering the guys that they do have uh, in there. He's a SEC guy, Mississippi State. Um, you know, and he could play outside if he wanted to, but I think that that like with his lightweight, and the guy weighs 100, weighed 166 pounds at the combine. That's pretty light for a corner. You probably want that guy in, you know, playing in the slot. But Tyreek Stevenson, a little bit different, six foot, 198. Um, both run very well. Forbes ran a 4.35. Stevenson ran a 4.45. Both are more than acceptable as far as speeds uh, that you want for corners. What is the top priority at cornerback for the Steelers right now? Do they just want a guy who can attack the football and play either outside or in the slot, specifically slot, or do they need a guy who's like, no, you're the future outside guy. Learn behind Peterson and Witherspoon and Wallace because someone needs to take up that mantle soon. Yeah, I think that would be the ultimate plan, right? First of all, they need a guy that make the plays on the ball. I mean, they were yeah. very, very happy with how many picks they had last year, what they did tie for league lead and interceptions. Yes. And that's one of the reasons why KZ got $6 million bucks and Terrell Edmonds left, because KZ can make plays on the ball, Minka can make plays on the ball, and they really, really value it. I mean, Peterson had five picks last year. Levi Wallace had, what, 14, 15 pass breakups. That's what they like to see. So, I mean, at some point, you have to invest a high pick in a cornerback. I mean, even Cam Sutton was a third-round pick, and it took him six years to be, you know, pretty decent. So, if it was up to me, I would think Joey Porter Jr., if he's there, that's who they would go with and just say Patrick Peterson. And if you saw him in his introductory press conference, seems like a good dude, man. It seems like he would be more than willing to help anybody out and show him the ropes and teach him how to be a pro. And that's half of the benefit of signing him right now is to bring him in. He could play obviously multiple positions, but he can help some of these younger guys because, you know, they don't have any cornerbacks. Next year, they said Pierre to one-year deal. Peterson's basically a one-year deal. Wallace's deal is up next year. Next year at this time, we could be looking at saying, hey, they don't have one cornerback under contract. I mean – I mean, Witherspoon, too, I think only has one left, right? I don't think they have anybody else under contract. So I, I think they need to really look at the cornerback position. And uh, once again, is that 17 or is that 32? It depends how it, it falls. I mean, you could find yourself in a situation, no more cards, first draft. You're mm-hmm. looking for a tackle and you're looking for a cornerback, and they're all gone by 17. Now what do you do? I mean – you're not taking an edge guy. I don't take yeah. an edge guy. I'm not paying yeah. tons of money to a guy that's going to be number three. I guess safety, but I hate safeties in a pick at that high. Some people are saying tight end. I don't like that pick. All of a sudden, you find yourself in a bad situation saying, my goodness, am I going to have to reach or am I going to have to just take, you know, a center, an interior lineman that we just had, you know, we just spent some money on? So this draft can go south in a hurry. Not south, but it can give him some curveballs quite quickly if it doesn't fall, break that where they are. Because, I mean, sure, you like to have Campbell or Trenton Simpson, but I don't know if I'm taking them 17 overall. They're in no man's land. I view 17 as no man's land. Interesting. They can, no man's they, can, they get there and they're like, oh, geez, we got some good players, but nobody's 17th worthy in our eyes. That's the way I look at it. No, that that could totally happen. But again, this is what I've been talking about trading back for a while now. I just think that you're absolutely right. That could be the place where you know no, no one that you think is worth 17 overall. 
falls to you and like maybe there's some other people like maybe B. John Robinson's there and there's someone that really wants the best running back on the board. Maybe someone's like, oh, this is this is the you know, this quarterback's still available. We need to go get him. Maybe something like that. But if you're the Steelers, I, I think they need to be open to it. Also, you know, you you were the, uh, you remember uh, Omar Khan saying before, I think it was at the combine when he was like, uh, you know, you know, if, if if he's sitting there on thirty with the thirty second overall pick and his phone's flying is, is ringing a bunch, he's going to entertain some of those calls as well, so that the Steelers could be in a position where you know maybe they can get again get more draft picks by moving back in the first round or even moving back with the first pick of the second round to try to get in a better position to take some of those guys. And you know, I I, I agree with you. This this could be this could turn into a no man's land. Um, I, I think it would be interesting. I think one thing that's kind of played out is is the whole cornerback narrative of course Devin Witherspoon Christian Gonzalez they're expected to not fall to the Steelers but the idea of a Joey Porter Jr. falling there versus a Deontay Banks out of Maryland who tested really well and, and was extremely fast he ran a 4-3-5 you know Joey Porter Jr. a guy who you know with obvious ties to the Steelers everyone's been talking about him since before he even started playing his, his last year at Penn State this past season as a possibility is he does his skill set match with what the Steelers you think the Steelers need? Because he's also he wasn't a turnover guy at Penn State. He was definitely no. athletic. He was definitely talented, but he didn't post those kind of turnover numbers. And like you were saying earlier, they're prizing guys who can attack the football. Yeah, but historically, what they like in the corners is what big physical press man guy. And Great. I think it's Joey Porter, pretty much to a T, right? And the guy is just a good kid too i mean you look, read up, up any of his background and i mean he does everything right and i talked to tomlin last year right after the draft and just mentioned on field on otas about porter jerry <laughs> porter and he just raved about him raved about him this is a kid i was at latrobe high school when it rained one day in training camp five years ago running routes with antonio brown or whatever so they're well aware of him and what he's able to do it's just a whether and that's what makes this draft difficult with the new regime, too, is we historically know what they like, but I don't know how much that changes now with the new front office guys. Okay, they like to have press man, physical corners, but maybe not anymore. Maybe they're going to incorporate more zone if Peterson's in there. Maybe they're not looking for that. We don't know that quite yet. That's what makes this this draft day, we're going to go into it. And if anything happens, you know, you ever watched the movie seven when oh. they open up, when they open up the box, he goes, if, you know, I forget what Morgan Freeman said, if an alien popped out, I don't want you to be surprised or whatever. It's basically no matter what happens in that draft, you probably shouldn't be surprised. I feel you on that. And you have now taken the place of Josh Taylor, who always makes the movie references on this show. Mm. He usually comes in and drops movies. Yeah, but I, was, I, I, I screwed it up, though, because I, <laughs> I can't remember what the Morgan Freeman quote was. It was classic, though. I got you. Well, if it's so classic, you should know it by heart. This is a point point deducted from Mark Caboli here on the Lockdown he, Steelers podcast. I thought, I thought he said something maybe of Jesus Christ himself. I don't know. I'm going to have to go <laughs> Google this afterwards now. You're going to have to Google it, and you have to yes. be correct it. But, Mark, we appreciate your perspective on things as you're sitting there in Arizona in owners' meetings. You've been talking to Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan, and everybody there. Thanks again for joining us here. Let people, uh, Mark, let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more, and get more of your work at The Athletic. All right, brother. Uh, I just got a message on my phone that says I have to check into my Southwest Air Flight airline. And the oh. last thing I want is a, last thing I want is a C 
uh, boarding pass. <laughs> well, you you go and do that, sir. We won't hold you here any longer. I'm Chris Carter, host of the Locked On Steelers podcast. You can find this show on, on all your favorite podcasting platforms. You can also watch this show on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed it. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of our daily episodes. We're back tomorrow with Wes Euler of Steeler Nation Radio talking about things Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. 